Andrew Dinsick, the Wildcat, joins us in 20 minutes to start our number two. But for now, we continue talking week number one in the National Football League and all the line movement your little heart could ever desire. So I like jokingly said going to break, hey, like we've got movements in the Bengals-Browns game. Um, and I and I said, look, it went back up to two and a half. That's the spread the whole offseason because Joe Burrow is back at practice today. Burrow is extremely likely to play in week one, obviously, Sunday, September 10th in Cleveland. But uh, I do want to give you, Ken, the chance to just kind of give your take here if you've got one. Is it as simple as, hey, Burrow's back, here's the number? Is there something else going on here? Do you think the line might continue to move? What do you think with the Bengals and the Browns? Uh, it's a good question. We were never three, obviously, Cincinnati the whole offseason because the Burrow injury happened qu- quite a while ago. And I guess there hasn't been enough bullishness on Cleveland to make, like, the line go that crazy when Burrow was out. So we were like never around key numbers, right? It was always just like, whoa, team pick or one or one and a half or two. And there's just like such a little difference between all those numbers. And like, no matter what you think of the game, it's kind of who cares almost. <laughs> and so I guess the only question now is going to be when it's game week and it's all systems go for Cincinnati. Can there just now finally, for the first time, just be actual, just organic interest in Cincinnati in the game at less than three? Can that just happen? And we'll see. Uh, Some of that might be dictated by the injury reports for both teams. We'll just have to see when we get there. Might cause like a little additional line movement. Um, Some people will probably bring up the idea that you can tease the Browns up two and a half to eight and a half at home, which is like a Wong teaser. It is week one. And so... You know, I won't do like the whole week one teasers thing here, but just we know very little about how this Cleveland season is going to go or how any of these pieces are going to fit together. So the idea that you would want to like tease a mystery team, like I don't even know if you're getting a lot out of that. Like what if Watson's bad, then this number should never have been two and a half and you're like get six points and pay a billion dollars for it. Like you don't want to do that. Like you want to tease when we have like the data to, to like make a market on the game that's very sound. And then you can tease away from the sound accurate number. There's nothing sound or accurate about week one NFL. We just, I always say this all the time, like the numbers are way wrong. We just don't know how they're wrong. (laughs) We just don't know how they're crazy. And because if we did, we would just make a billion dollars. We just don't know how they're wrong. Um, And we'll probably look back at a number of these spreads as, uh, as almost kind of funny in a, in about a month or two. We just don't know which way. Definitely. And look to, to Ken's point. Like, maybe Deshaun Watson's awesome, and the Browns just, like, win the game by 10. They've had a lot of success against Joe Burrow, right? Then Exactly. Right. Yeah. Or or maybe Watson's bad, and the Bengals win by 100. I, I hate to use, like, the more I do the show, the more I, like, hate, like, sports betting content-y terms. Like, it's a stay-away game. I actually think this is probably a stay-away. Or the, how about this? It's a bet-your-opinion game. Like, my opinion is I think Watson will, will play well, or my opinion well, is I think Watson stinks yeah. and may dictate your it's thought. A stay-away, it's a stay-away tease. I mean, it's a stay-away yes. tease, at least. I don't, I don't know I don't know if it's a stay-away game, necessarily. I think you well, could, because well, well, in, in you all do? of these games, it's... Well, I, I don't... Oh, like, for for me, I guess... I, I, I thought you meant sort of, like, it should... For everybody, it should be a stay-away game, because, like, we don't know oh, anything. Well, I mean, You're just saying for you. Well, no. Yeah, well, yeah, like, I... I mean, I can bet my opinion. My opinion... I, I would bet Cincinnati if I had to bet the game. I would lay it with the Bengals. Yeah, so would opinion, I. Though. Yeah, so would I. I, I, don't, I might end up betting Cincinnati. I don't know. I haven't put a lot of thought into it yet, and I don't I don't think it's ever going to three, like, this week. So I, I hadn't really, like, been working at it to figure out if I was going to do something. But, uh, yeah, I mean, all right, put it this way. Basically, every single one of these... I, mean, I take a lot of detours in this segment a lot of the time, and they're usually really good. Uh, every single one of these point spreads, because we had, none of the teams have played any games yet, duh, uh, are sort of, like, guesses and assumptions about what teams are going to be this year. For, uh, and you'd be like, well, isn't every market like that? Nah, because, like, in week 12, 
we are making fewer assumptions about like what teams are good and what teams are bad and how teams fit together the right way. In this week, we are making all assumptions. And the assumption in this market is that Cleveland with Watson and like a full season and whatever has significantly narrowed the gap between themselves and Cincinnati as like a team quality exercise. Now, yes, Cleveland's had a lot of success against Cincinnati historically and all that stuff, but like team quality wise, like the Browns were not good and Watson was not good. And the perception coming into this year, the assumption in this point spread is that the teams are close enough now that Cincinnati cannot be favored by a full three points on the road. Okay, like, do you want to challenge that assumption? Cincinnati, I don't feel like there's any assumptions. Same coach, same quarterback. They've been together for a number of years. Not really a lot of different moving pieces, as long as Burrow's okay. But like Cleveland, I think you can either just be like, yeah, I agree with that. They probably have closed the gap. Or... Do you want to challenge the assumption that they're like actually going to be really good this year? The win total for them is like nine, nine and a half. You want to challenge that? You probably bet Cincinnati in the game. Uh, whenever someone says the assumption, I, I actually liked going to church when I was younger. Like, I still like it now. I still go every once in a while with, with my wife who goes every single Sunday. But like when I was a kid, like I liked going to church on Sundays with my family. But there was always like the holy days of obligation. I'm like, uh, oh, it's like Thursday night. What are we doing? Oh, we're going to church. Really? I was, hoping, mm. I was hoping to play hoping to play Donkey Kong Country instead. Like the <laughs> assumption was always one of those random holy days of obligation where it's like, oh, it's sure. Thursday. I'm gonna hang out tonight, right? Nah, we're going to church. Yeah. Mm. Uh you better be about Nick and Ken. It moved. Uh week number one in the National Football League. Ken, let's talk the Jaguars and the Colts as we transition from the AFC North to the AFC South. Uh word officially coming down yesterday and like wow what a shock the colts don't trade jonathan taylor wow i can't believe that a team wasn't willing to a give indianapolis the compensation and then b give him a humongous contract what a surprise and then he's placed on the physically unable to perform list leaving indianapolis's top two running backs right now is Deion jackson and brett's son evan hall uh indianapolis also earlier today on this wonderful football wednesday releasing slot wide receiver isaiah mckenzie leaving indianapolis with at the moment as we do this and i'm sure they will add a receiver at some point right they currently have three wide receivers on the roster michael pittman alec pierce and the rookie josh downs all with a rookie starting quarterback who had all of 13 starts at the collegiate level and by all accounts needs needs a lot of time to like fully mature into an nfl quarterback what do we have here, Ken, with the Jaguars and the Colts? Have we seen any movement off of this? Yeah, you think? Uh, well, well, it's, I, so I, I I like to do this sometimes because Nick does these really good setups for the games with like all of the injury information. It's all like really meticulously explained. They're like, all right, all of you guys listening, you just heard that. Where do you think the number moved? Where do you think it went? Well, it's actually a pickup <laughs> like now. There's not a there's not a mystery here. Like it's not. It's some. I, sometimes I think this stuff seems so. Uh, like impenetrable to people like oh like you you know you're explaining the markets and it's so interesting be like i don't know you just heard all that who do you think is more likely to win <laughs> jaguars or the colts like what do you think um the jaguars opened three and a half months and months and months and months ago this got out to like four four and a half a couple weeks ago really and uh and that's uh you know when the taylor rumors started and also honestly i think there is some organic interest in jacksonville in the game richardson was named the week one starter that's another part of it uh so it was like kind of a, a low floor, high ceiling rookie performance in play here, as opposed to like Gardner Minshew or something, which would be more stable. And uh, and then you have all of the stuff that Nick just gave you, like kind of just, they have three wide receivers on the roster. The running back isn't going to play for the team for sure in this game. This is, this is a little tough. Uh, Jags got bet to five in a lot of places. I would say the consensus price is like between four and a half and five. And 
it's kind of just going to be like, when will there be resistance? Will it be the week of the game? Like when, when will people eventually sort of end up deciding that this is the time to bet Indianapolis? What number, like, and you, you can do the exercise with yourself listening. Like what, what number would you need to take the Colts in this game? Knowing what you know about how they're going to kind of be comprised in week one, not how they're going to play the entire year. Maybe by the end of the year, this all works out really well. And Richardson's got like a lot of seasoning and he plays really well. And maybe Steichen's a really good coach. We have no idea what he's going to be as a head coach, to be fair. Maybe this all ends up fitting together the right way. But in week one, it looks a little rough. And uh, and so like, what number would you need to bet Indianapolis? Maybe we're getting there for some people. But yeah, the, the move kind of today was really four and a half to five, just of more interest in the Jags, which has been a recurring theme this offseason. I will note, that Indianapolis obviously has a new head coach who was Philly's offensive coordinator last year, obviously yep. Shane Steichen, a new offensive philosophy. They did retain Gus Bradley as the defensive coordinator. So there is some continuity on that particular side of the ball. You asked what number would you need to take Indianapolis? For me, it like might be this. And I'm not suggesting I'm going to make this bet right now. I, I think right now it's like Indy or nothing at this point. And that that's probably me like challenging the assumption here and having some faith in Steichen and Anthony Richardson. It's got to be able to put some points up on the board. I know we may have some thoughts on the total uh, of this game uh, next week as well. Uh, we had we only budgeted two segments for a move. This is going to take definitely more than two segments. There's a lot going on here. Um, we haven't even gotten to the Bills and Jets yet, but uh, I think we need to do Vikings-Tampa coming up next, right? Maybe that'll be – we'll start with sure. other games next hour. Um, this has been a game, Ken, that I think you and I have been pretty aligned on. Maybe me a little stronger. Um, and just because the line has moved the way I thought it was going to does not mean that I'm going to be right in the game, like Minnesota can win the game by 500. Where do we sit right now with the Vikings and the Buccaneers on Sunday, September 10th in Minnesota? This game opened uh, either six and a half or seven with Minnesota as a home favorite. Again, won a ton of games last year. We talked about O'Connell for coach of the year and just, you know, how they'd have to somehow outdo that for him to even win the award. That's how good the year was last year. Obviously lost to the Giants in the playoffs. And uh, and the Vikings were, you know, Tampa's perceived to be obviously like rebuilding Tom Brady, no longer there. Baker Mayfield, the starting quarterback. So Vikings installed as like a really big favorite at home in week one, six and a half or seven. And all of the direction in this movement has been toward Tampa, has been toward the underdog, essentially like expected to keep the game closer the difference between the teams not actually being significant um that may maybe some pro tampa i think just i don't know the people that you talk to nick too we have a lot of guests on the show just anti-minnesota probably is a lot of it to be honest um a lot of their underlying stats from last season make them like a below average team in the nfl and a below average team in the nfl isn't really ever seven against a team unless that's like arizona this year or something like that like what's happening with washington arizona for example and so you know, God, take those two teams. Is there a big difference between Minnesota and like Washington or a team like that this year? There isn't the win total market to be fair, but man, you look at some of last year's numbers, not a lot. And, uh, and so the move recently was that this went from six and a half to six everywhere, which is pretty significant. Um, so Minnesota minus six, the consensus number in the market, again, open six and a half, seven interest in Tampa. Uh, any thoughts for you on this game right now with the number being, being what it is at the moment? I think this kind of like wrecked me betting this game, to be honest. I don't know. I didn't, I, I didn't think this was like definitely going to happen. I would have bet Minnesota if I thought we were like imminently heading toward six and a half becoming six or not going back up again. You mean, you mean Tampa? Uh, yeah. Like I Minnesota? don't, I, it's going to, oh, sorry. Well, it's going to wreck me betting this game period. Like it's just cause I, I six and a half, seven. Yeah. Like week of the game, get injury reports. Think about it more. Sure. Like I'll put in a bet on Tampa and now a lot of people probably have the same thought and kind of wrecked it probably i think six i i probably would not want to bet the game yeah i think i would still bet tampa at that number i, I that that's also coming from someone you're going with, down with a this, better ship. Number. this pirate ship oh, yeah fire the cannons
Mm. Let's see how it, let's see how it goes. Uh, we still have to hit the Saints and the Titans. We still have to touch on the Eagles and the Patriots, and some very interesting line movements on the opening Monday Night Football game of the season with the Bills and the Jets. That's coming up a little bit later in the show. Hour one done. Hour two for you coming up on the other side, and we will start hour number two having a conversation with our good friend, the Whale Capper, Drew Densick. <laughs> 